Does everybody know what time it is? Time to do a walkthrough and take note of every nick, carpet stain, wobbly hinge, burnt out bulb, nail hole, and smudge because we don't want the landlord to hold back any of our security deposit even though they legally aren't allowed to for general wear and tear if you've lived there for over five years. And yet he still decides to withhold $500 for unpaid rent increase when he claims uh, that he was owed even though that there was a moratorium on rent increases during the time that he decided to raise the rent and when you decided to move and he is completely in the wrong and doing illegal things and should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law but never will because there's no justice in this world eat the rich it's grunt work al's house is a very 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 fine house with wilson in the yard tim's lease can be so hard but now everything is easy because of Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV series Home Improvement that comes with free parking and an in-unit washer and dryer. I'm your host, Truman, the insecurity deposit man, Caps, and with me as always is my co-host, Landon, the rent control freak man, Solano. And uh, Landon, I was so yep. excited watching this episode because I don't think I know anyone who is more enthusiastic about renting property than you, as our cold open established. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, well, I mean, I don't know what I can legally or not legally say. I guess if I don't say his name, uh, I won't get in trouble, but the motherfucker who lived, uh, or (laughs) owned the building I used to live in for the 15 years I lived in Los Angeles, uh, yeah, stiffed me big time. So I got some hot opinions about landlords. Yeah, and, and, you know, and I spend a lot of my free time, uh, grinding my teeth and being angry about how much influence landlords and property owners have over the California state legislature, so I too, (laughs) (laughs) so folks get ready. coming at it from, you're coming at it from the, uh, uh, political side. I'm coming at it from the emotional side. Um, I think I think we've got things covered here. Uh, folks, get ready for the most insufferable and least fair and balanced <laughs> episode of Grunt Work of your life. <laughs> oh, wow, but Landon, German, yeah. it's good to mm-hmm. see you, though. So it's thank you for joining you. me. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I didn't plan to be here this week. Uh, well, yeah, well, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, my lease only allows me to have one guest <laughs> per week. So it's it's good that you showed up. Otherwise, I would have burned it. Uh, it is kind of strange. Um, I guess uh, I'll save most of this for the actual deep dive, but uh, that this episode came up at this specific time in my life, specifically this week of my life. Um, it's It's weird how this show sometimes has serendipity that way yes much like the movie serendipity you meet a woman who only wants to rely on <laughs> chance and happenstance to find true love and through a bunch of uh yeah, yeah. pratfalls and jokes and japes you eventually wind up together okay <laughs> continue talking about the the thing in your life that i'm trampling on uh no i mean i'll i'll uh well, maybe i'll mention it in more depth later on but uh i am officially looking for a home uh, a house uh, part of the reason I moved out of California for. So it's, uh, yeah, starting starting to come together. It's terrifying and exciting. Uh, my friend who lives here um, is somebody who buys houses, fixes them up, and then rents them out. So uh, that was also interesting because I spoke to him on my lunch break today about that very thing. So um, it just it felt like this episode came out of my life 
That this episode is God telling you, "Hey, you're doing the right thing. You're following in Al's footsteps." <laughs> See, this is yeah, the people that believe in fate and you know uh, that sort of stuff. I, I do think it's one of those like really wild coincidences. Uh, I definitely don't believe in that stuff, so it is literally just a thing that happened. But it's interesting to me. <laughs> it, look, it is a wacky coincidence, and and yeah, yeah. just for me as someone who. Uh, has been living in the same uh, old, I'm not going to say crappy, but definitely showing its age apartment for the past 10 years and is unable to leave because of how good the rent control is and who has to do battle regularly with a very eccentric, very terrible (laughs) landlord. (laughs) This episode, like this, this didn't feel like, oh, this is the perfect time and place for this episode to come into my life so much as just, Oh, I relate more to this episode than almost any other episode of the show. It's not about fixing cars. It's about it's about I hate my landlord. I want to ruin his life. <laughs> well, uh, look, w- let's get into the episode. Let's uh, jump in early this week. Um, yeah, but before we do, I want to send people on their way with our little game that we play to get them free months of patron. The patron over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that their little game we call. <laughs> It's a little game we call Secret Password to Pee-wee's Playhouse, Uh, where I have chosen a secret word, Mm -hmm. and if Truman says it at any point during this episode, all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod will get a free month of Patreon, Uh, which means uh, if you aren't a a patron and uh, you decide to sign up that month, I believe um, I need to check the rule book, uh, I believe you (laughs) You would get that month free. Yes. So you you would get one free month before you start getting charged. So think about that, fools. I I want to I I just it, this occurred to me when you were explaining it. I want to mention for listeners who may have committed the cardinal sin of being younger than Landon and I. On Pee Wee's mm. Playhouse, there was a deal where there was a secret word, and if he inadvertently said the word, everyone screamed real loud. That's why Pee Wee's Playhouse <laughs> comes into the name of the thing. Yeah. I just, I just, and also there was I a, take it for granted everyone knows this. There, there's an even older game show called Password. <laughs> yes, and and there was an Ang Lee movie. Uh, wait, no, it, it was a. I don't know. There was a movie called Code Talkers. It was definitely not an Ang Lee movie. I'm getting no. <laughs> getting my filmmakers mixed up. But it was about people trying to uh, find well, I think hidden that, that passwords might have been John and codes. Oh, it was a John Woo movie. You know what? I'm going to cut this. Wind Talkers. <laughs> wind Talkers. I'm going to cut this entire <laughs> reference out. Never, <laughs> never before has a podcaster been so wrong about so many things in such a short amount of time. This is the Dunkirk of fuck ups. <laughs> <laughs> and Dunkirk was a big fuck up in its own right. Please continue, oh, Landon. Okay, I'm gonna mute uh, myself, Truman, so you can't hear me. And I'm gonna tell these fine people what the secret word is. Yes, and they can play along in the anticipation of you saying it through this episode. So here we go. Ooh. I am now muting myself. Truman, can you hear me? Okay, folks. I'm gonna keep it simple this week. Uh, we flew close to the sun last week, and Truman just barely missed it. Uh, we're gonna do it again this week. Uh, I don't know why. I just I like uh, I like I like danger. This week's word is chic, chic, as in fashion, fashion chic, and uh, you'll see why as soon as we start the episode. Okay, Truman, how are hey, you, sir? I'm good. I was thinking about if we did a podcast where we just discussed other productions by Wind Dancer Entertainment, we could call that podcast Wind Talkers. 
and I could hire Nicolas Cage probably to co-host it in my place because Nicolas Cage was in Wind Talkers. Um, there you go. <laughs> or alternately, we could start a TikTok channel where we post facts about wind and how atmospheric mm-hmm. conditions determine how much wind there is going to be, and that then we could be called Wind Talkers uh, with two Ks <laughs> and an O. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so that was as yeah, many. That was could. as much wordplay as I could come up with in the space of that break. But in in the future, if you talk for longer, I'll come up with more stupid wordplay. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, what Landon on this podcast? Yeah. Uh, yes. we watch a TV series. is is called Home Improvement. This may have, I've heard of it. I, listeners may be familiar with this concept because we talk about it in our intro, and it's also all over our podcatchers. Um, yes. What happened in this week's episode? <laughs> uh, I think I've I've boiled this one down. I tried to get it to one sentence, but it ended up being two. But you're, you're, I think it's turn, pretty succinct. You're you're getting these these intros, uh, these synopses down to haikus at this point. I'm oh now that's a challenge I'll accept. Okay, uh, go we'll, for it. Uh, next week, yeah, next, next week, week I will do week. a haiku. Hold me to that. Um, I will. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> this week, Tim and Jill buy a new house with the intent to rent. Al expresses interest in moving in, but after he does, a wedge is driven between him and Tim when Tim asks Al to sign an 18-page rental lease. That's good. That's solid. Now, here's the question. Yeah. Am I getting more succinct with my synopsis or <laughs> are the episodes just consolidating their their plots and conflicts into to a better package, a more I- succinct package? Or, or are the grunt work episodes around your synopsis getting larger and longer so that the amount of time you spend talking about the actual plot of the home improvement episode we're here to talk about seems like it's less. It's just a just a it's trick of possible. perspective. It's Smoke and mirrors. Will uh, we get under two hours this time? I, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Well, let's 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 speculate about the potential length of this episode for another twenty minutes, and then I might have no an answer promises. for you. Uh, so uh, yeah, but no, that's very true. I do think that, and I do think that the episodes are getting more succinct in their plotting. To answer your initial question, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, do you think they're getting more succinct in their titles? I and if so, would you like to guess a few? I would like to guess a few. I can't say if they're getting more succinct, but all of my guesses this week are relatively succinct. Okay, um, great. My first option. Wait. I'm just getting the jar out of how many uh, dollars you need to put in for Al titles. Oh, okay, wait, I'm sorry. I'm putting dollars in jars for Al titles, too. Al titles, fucking up the boys' names, saying lamenting. This is what happened. I started a 401k at 40, so I need I need to make up some lost time here. <laughs> so you're I, I'm picturing your apartment is just like like Howard Hughes' place, but instead of jars of piss, it's <laughs> jars of money that I have have to contribute to every yes, time I yes. say fairly ordinary stuff. Um, yep. Okay. First option. Okay. A new lease on life. El new lease on life. I, I should have gone with that, but I did not. <laughs> a new lease on life. Okay, great. I like it. Next, last but not least. Oh, oh, I like it. Thank you. Okay, thank you. You know what that that one? Oh, yeah. I slid into that one, uh, like a slip and slide, because I was waiting for the least, and the t- never came. Yeah. So it then it like it took a second to like seep in. I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, like yeah. You were just you were just a slipping and a sliding. I mean, you did say slip and slide, so I guess you literally were I slipping did. and sliding. Yes. <laughs> uh, slip sliding away. Uh, okay. <laughs> that, that's not a guess though. Uh, next one. Landlord of the flies. 
Ooh. Yeah. I was wearing yeah. a Lord of the Flies t-shirt yesterday. <laughs> you want everyone in the neighborhood to know, hey, I'm into literature. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Listen, I read books yeah. in middle school. Uh, I'm an intellectual. Oh, that show Yellow Jackets? No, I preferred the book, actually. Um, okay, final option. All right. Rent Al property. Yeah, that's right, folks. I only did one. I had so many options. <laughs> but you know what, though? Here's the thing. You saved it and you packed it where it was uh, had the most impact. Oh, okay, you're good. G- on the verge of horny jail again, Landon, with the way you phrased that. Uh, <laughs> You're packing heat on that one, brother. Uh, yeah, I mean, Just I wanted... A big old pocket full of heat. Well, and I mean, this episode does have a pocket full of heat in that it has a lot of Al content in it. Um, uh-huh. And that's always, uh, that always heats things up. And presumably <laughs> the heat in this house is broken because Tim is a shit landlord. Um, I'm going to give you a clue for this week's uh, title. I know that we skip over this sometimes, but... Um... I, I, there's a chance you might get it if Ooh. I if I give you the right clues here. So I'm type I'm trying to like uh, uh, get in the mindset of like playing a board game and and you know you and I are on a team and got to get you to guess it. So yeah, code names <sighs> at a bachelor party. We've been here before. <laughs> it's a phrasing you're very familiar with. You might have even done it in this episode already, and. It's a title that has punctuation in it. Punctuation in it. Um, Focus more on the first part of the clue. It's it's a phrasing that, you're very familiar with, and you may have already done it in this episode. Phrasing I'm very familiar with. You know, for tenants. If you picked that as a title, I would have, I would have loved that. All landlords are bastards. Uh, <laughs> Eat the landlords. Um, it's a phrasing structure, not a not a. Oh man, well, it's this kind is, of it's kind of a specific phrase. But this is tough. I use so many phrasing structures, uh, knowing that I've used it in this one. Is it is it it's something based off to this show? To this show. Mm, oh, uh, something about home, home something, homeowner. Uh, I, I I don't know, man. This so much of this show is me trying to guess words at the yeah, last second, and I'm not <laughs> okay, getting it right. anymore. Uh, the title of this week's episode is Tim, the Landlord Taylor. Oh, dang it! Well, of course I did it in this episode. Tim, the Landlord Taylor. That's honestly that's not bad. I don't mind that much. It's that's definitely a B B plus. I like that title. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Uh, it's uh, it's is a thing uh this episode aired on february 3rd 1998 directed by pete filsinger he's coming back i don't think he's been here since like beginning of season six so Mm. um we also have some writers eric horstead who we've seen before but we have a new credit here bruce bellacci Mm, Uh, bellacci (laughs) now i knew you were going to make the voice and (laughs) i was gonna call you out on it and i did as I'm doing now, yes. I'm in the middle of calling you out. Uh, the thing is, <laughs> when you go to his IMDb page, he definitely his like photo looks like he's in House of the Gooch. <laughs> he, he looks like the the picture of the dude on the pizza box saying "Have a delicious day." <laughs> no, I mean he kind of looks like uh, uh, Al Pacino in House of the House of Gucci. Oh, he's got okay. these big thick well I, whatever i don't want to call out this guy's appearance but he's got great big glasses 
Oh my god, how to I continue doing a podcast <laughs> after that. I I'm I'm sorry. I, I every 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 week we come here so I can insult your heritage. For what it's worth, in my current playthrough of Crusader Kings, I'm playing as the king of Sicily and I'm trying to do right by the culture. So it makes oh. it all okay. Go on. You're, I mean, at that level, you're making fun of heat, not Italian cultures. I, I, I'm making fun of Al Pacino's. Al Pacino. Al Pacino's heat, yeah. nevertheless wonderful acting. Go on. Go on. <laughs> uh, Bruce Bilacci. Okay, so he is listed for the first time uh, on this show as staff writer. Uh, we've never seen that credit before. Uh, which is interesting, and I thought we'd just go through a little bit of his credits, because yeah. we don't have any character actors this week. Mm-hmm. It's um, a tight one. Yeah, so he is a actor, mm-hmm. and a writer, and a director. Uh, he's worked on Melrose Place um, as a writer and a stage manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was an actor playing Donnie, fucking Donnie. Uh, in <laughs> 21 Jump Street. It's like a child who wanders into a jump street. <laughs> uh, he was on CSI Miami and CSI uh, Crime Scene Investigation. Ooh. Um, playing Ronnie. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Ronnie. You're like a child who wanders into the middle of a crime scene. <laughs> uh... As a writer, he wrote for Home Improvement, Melrose Place, and Pacific Blue, um, and he's got a couple things coming up. So I just thought that was interesting. We got yeah. a new guy to look yeah. at here. I know, and I, I, I felt the influence and the light touch of a new writer in this episode, which is why I would ask you, Landon, what were your personal reflections on what we saw this week? Did you also feel that? Uh, you know what, man? Here, okay, I was gonna, I was gonna just not acknowledge this, but uh, I'm gonna. You know what? Okay. I'm, go- I'm going to do it. Acknowledge and, things, you know, Landon. I'm going to do it and be professional. Good. Because I used to, before in the past, I would have been like, you know what? Warts and all. Uh, I'm not here for this episode. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say warts and all and professional. I didn't write personal reflections. Wow. <laughs> I forgot. That's fine. And uh, I was rushing to watch this episode before we recorded. So <laughs> I barely have notes for this episode. <laughs> hey, man, look, it, it, there's. I. Okay, well, right now, given the situation in Ukraine, I don't appreciate you being Russian. But um, <laughs> what I can do for you, Landon, is I can start reflecting and see if my reflections spur any kind well, of I off can... the dome reflections for you. Yeah, well, I can speak generally. Uh, yeah, since speak you asked me dude. first, I'll just kind. Of, you know, it was a, it was a. Okay, I, I had a couple thoughts. I was going to bring one of these up in the deep dive, but I think it's maybe worth a longer conversation here. I want to get on Twitter. I wanna, I wanna get in Richard Carnes' DMs. Mm-hmm. I want the real story here. <laughs> this is nothing new. You, you've was, wanted this for every episode. I, I, and I've had it a few times. Um, was this a? It's season seven, right? We're mm-hmm. we're in the end game almost. <laughs> yes, home improvement end game. Are we setting up a Al Borland spinoff? Oh, giving him my God. his own house, setting up a location where a sitcom, a second sitcom, could start taking place. Like mm-hmm. it's a deep enough set. You know, you've got a kitchen, you've got a back room area. Uh, I I wonder if that was ever a conversation. I don't know how far the conversation went, but I, they went as far as building a set. Yeah, building a fairly elaborate new set. I mean, that's a. That would be a bold move just in the the they make it very clear that they've bought this house and it is like around the corner from the Taylor house. Right. 
so I, it, it's just like uh, uh, Golden Palace. Is oh, that what it was called or yeah, Golden go, what, Place. It go, no, the Golden Palace that the Golden Girls yeah. buy a how buy a hotel and yeah. After Dorothy leaves, yes, uh, D- Dorothy being like, well, you know, my mother is very old, but I married this guy, so I guess I'm just gonna go let her manage a hotel and live with my friends. <laughs> She'll be fine. And then when that didn't go, most of the Golden Girls uh, ended up on empty nest anyway. So yeah. Um, and they did the same thing with uh, with Three's Company when we moved into Three's a Crowd, when Jack got his own bistro, uh, even as late as uh, The Office trying to set up Shroot Farms. <laughs> okay, y- yes, and listen, I we could do a whole podcast about the Shroot Farms backdoor pilot. I, <laughs> I the, th- the thing about a backdoor pilot for another series uh, is that is that generally they try and set up who the other characters are and what what else they'll right. be doing. I do love the notion of a spin-off of Home Improvement that is just about Tim being Al's landlord and Al making Tim <laughs> miserable. Like it's Home Improvement without any of the family stuff. It's just Tim or like just Al well, devising ways to make Tim's life miserable as a shit landlord. Think think of this though. I mean, okay, so you've got the opportunity for Tim to arrive sometimes. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you take any of the other characters on Home Improvement that weren't going to continue um or you know that Tim Allen is clearly going on to be a star and yes. Jonathan Taylor Thomas is clearly going on to college and his other aspirations. Yes. But you've got Brad. Yeah. Uh, you've got Mark. You've got Wilson. Harry and the boys, Harry and the guys. Yeah. Uh, that you can port over as, you know, give them a little more recurring roles. Yeah. Uh, True. You've got Wilson. Who, you've got who's, who is a neighbor and can do the same gag. Just it's like the other side of yeah. the fence. That's like yep. they just frame up the fence shots the opposite way. That would be pretty good. <laughs> and right at this time, you've got uh, Soul Man. So potentially an entire other show to pull characters from. Okay. Okay. Shit. I. You know what, Landon? I was dubious at first, but actually, yeah, this is like. This is like Marvel Cinematic Universe. They could have actually, if they were really committed, if they had the people who work for Marvel now working for uh, working for ABC at the time, yeah, they could have really franchised this out and built a big old world of Royal Oak. Well, I listen, I don't think it's that far out of the realm of possibility because creating a new set for the potential of like, oh, if this hits, we're going to have a huge hit on our hands. Like, we'll eat the cost of building a new set for, you know, the potential of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know they've as we just went through. There's a history behind doing that uh, earlier than this show and long after this show. So I'm just it had backdoor pilot vibes to me. I, I see that. I I did not feel that in the moment, but I can I I I want to believe that that's what they were doing. And I, but I guess then if I believe that was what they were doing, I will be mad that I didn't get that beautiful world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we rarely get what we want in life. Um. You can't always, in fact. <laughs> That's something that I've, that I've long said. I, I, I wrote that yeah. that phrase. You did. Yeah. But you know what? I think there is something I can get that I want, which is your personal reflections. Well, thank you for asking, Landon. Uh, I liked this episode. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And the main reason is that this feels like the exact thing we were asking for in season three. It's an episode where uh, Tim is being a total dick to Al <laughs> Like, at, yeah. all Al is trying to do is be a, a friend to Tim. Dick, though. A tolerable dick. A much more tolerable dick. But still, it's like, Al is being his normal, sweet, and outgoing and wonderful self. And Tim yep. is being, you know, pretty 
pretty rude in terms of like 18 page lease <laughs> fingerprinting checks yeah. like all this stuff all this needless stuff that is making al's life worse and it's the same vibe as roomy for improvement it's the same vibe as tim burning down al's ice fishing shack because he's not paying attention <laughs> like when al wants yeah. to al is explicitly wanting to spend that time hanging out with tim and tim is ignoring him and like all those times it felt like tim was getting off the hook this episode it's like it starts off with Tim being a dick with this lease, and then the rest of the episode is Al being like, well, you were a dick about this lease, so I'll be a dick right back, and actually, it's worse for you. How do you like me now, bitch? And I really loved seeing that. It was so satisfying, and it felt like something that we've been waiting for for so long. Uh, Very, very true. Yes. Yes. No, it it was satisfying in a way... That, uh, I don't know, the show hasn't quite given us before. Uh, at least not to this extent. I think there have been moments. Um, but there is something very joyous about Al eating an apple over Tim's shoulder <laughs> when he has the upper hand. It's really it's really good. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I don't know. There was a time like that my I called my landlord because my toilet was broken. And he came over to try and fix it himself. He just proceeded to break the toilet more than it was already broken and then lingered around my apartment for 45 minutes telling me stories about how when he worked in the recording industry in the 70s phil specter once held him at gunpoint and i'm just sitting like (laughs) so i watch an episode kidding about it being eccentric oh he's yeah he's a bad dude he's just like a really really just he's a bad dude who i don't like at all um but (laughs) here's hoping he doesn't listen to this show you know i i'm pretty sure i a i'm pretty sure that none of our listeners no matter how good of sleuths they are can figure out who owns my apartment complex and b i am this man doesn't listen to me when i say hey there's things broken in the building you own it seems like water is leaking from the unit above ours into the ceiling and the ceiling has severe water damage that's getting worse and we smell mildew maybe you should fix it he doesn't listen to that so i'm sure he doesn't listen to me talk about home improvement uh All this is to say, seeing an episode that is just centered around a tenant tormenting a landlord. Ah, chef's kiss, chef's kiss, chef's kiss. It's my Spartacus. (laughs) Well, then, let's get our money in order so we can approach a mortgage specialist in order to take out a home loan on a new place where we can fix it up and rent to tenants for a nice little supplemental income that will help pay our fatalistic addiction to the deep dive. Uh, I cannot relate to that at all. I am a young person who lives in Southern California, and none of those words will have any meaning for me for all of my no? life. No. Not even fatalistic addiction? Okay, fatalistic addiction. You're right. No, fatalistic addiction I definitely heard. <laughs> so, we so we open at home where yes. Jill, a home much in need of improvement. Well, I mean, it's more like laptop improvement because Jill's laptop is old. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's uh, working on her laptop. Well, old to us. It was new to her. At the okay, time. it was new to her. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay, the show is old, so the laptop is old. I should have made that clearer. It's not. Yes. Uh, there was no such thing in 1997 as an old laptop. Like the oldest <laughs> laptop was like three years old back then. Uh, <laughs> so Jill is at home working on her laptop. Grunt Creep is washing the windows. Um, oh, that's okay. what he was doing. Yeah, he's dangling and, and washing. No, I didn't the- see him at all. Oh man, you kind of so, 
got to look out for that guy, man. Okay. All right. He's like no, Tinkerbell. I, I got the episode playing. He's not, he, you know, he's not there if you don't believe in him. Uh, <laughs> Brad comes home late from work at the mall. He has bought a snazzy brand new shirt that he's super proud of and suggests to Jill that she's never seen a shirt like it before. And Jill says that, yes, she has seen a black shirt with loads of multicolored dots on it because, dramatic reveal, Randy is wearing the exact same shirt in unison. Oh, man. The most... <laughs> 90s sitcom bit that very short cold open takes us to our credits uh small correction just so i can cut off uh 8,000 people sending us emails uh, and they go to me so if you're making the mistake i gotta field them not my problem (laughs) it's a brown shirt not a black shirt okay um (laughs) so so you're saying brad is a brown shirt interesting interesting more (laughs) italian history folks um I wasn't sure what happened in this moment, whether uh, the subconscious memory of my brain decided to draw forth uh, what happens, or if we are so entrenched in sitcom mode now with Home Improvement that I knew what was coming. Like, before he took his coat off, I was like, oh, he bought the same shirt as Randy. (laughs) <laughs> wow and thus it happened i now i don't have a memory of it being a through line through the whole episode i just was able to kind of like uh six sense that moment but um that happened i i you know i was genuinely shocked by it i think because i have not watched like i haven't watched saved by the bell or full house or something like i haven't watched like <laughs> Really 90s sitcoms to yeah. have that kind of, like I haven't watched a lot of two dates to the prom kind of stuff. So I was not expecting this at all and taking it fully on yeah. the chin and just realizing the potential that it held was a delicious <laughs> moment for me. I love Brad and Randy having bought the same shirt. Now as you say it, like it it could quite well have been a memory of this episode, but I'm certain that they did something similar to this on on Saved by the Bell or a similar type of show. So it could just be a trope. Of this, uh, I, I would say it probably could even go back to Three's Company with uh, Jack getting the same shirt as Larry, yeah, possibly. Yeah, both that went out on a double date and ended up wearing the same thing. I mean, it's it's a comedy bit that, for from a budgetary perspective, all it requires is is a copy of the same wardrobe piece. <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah. I, I feel like it's popular for that reason. Uh, possibly, possibly. Um, um, it was a pretty short, to the point cold open didn't yeah. really set up anything except for the the i don't know i hasn't even call it a subplot but, yeah it's it's really uh, not it's it's a yeah. costume plot um <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah short cold open um i'm i guess the only big takeaway from that is oh yeah brad still works for that cool guy at the mall i i wish we knew more about that that uh, an, yet another sitcom that i feel like they teased for us with that episode <laughs> uh i don't know maybe 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 he'll uh, make an appearance again. Oh, God willing. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, not a whole lot in that scene, really. It's just it, they, they're they wearing the same shirt, and it's funny. Yep. Um, and <laughs> Well, it's funny. I didn't see the grunt creep, uh, to, for one thing. I did, uh, after you said it, I, I've got the episode playing in the background. They have really played with like the, the depth of field that the grunt creep can uh, uh, interact with now. Like... Mm-hmm. Before, it was like he's only in the foreground because then they would have to, like, mask him out of, like, behind, you know, a couch and put him somewhere within the depth of field of the set. And 
So I'm just I'm really impressed that he's like outside the window behind Jill and uh he you know falls off the scaffolding. The the level I mean the animation's about the same, but the the extra work that goes into making him feel part of the depth of the set is really interesting to me. If this show was still on the air, they would have Andy Circus as the grunt creep every episode. <laughs> it would be Gollum levels of production. Yeah, I don't know. Short scene, not much to comment on. We come back from the theme song, uh, or, well, I know, we get a shopping bag transition to the theme song, and from that, we come back, uh, and the scene's basically continuing. Yeah. Tim comes home uh, with some uh, rental uh, property information, I should say, mm. Uh that they've had their eye on for a while and Brad and Randy are, you know, still fighting over the shirt. Tim makes fun of them uh, for wearing the same shirt. Humpty and Dumpty, I think he called them. Yes. Um, but tells Jill, hey, the, you know, the house that we had our eye on is dropped by $2,000. I think they're ready to sell. Uh, Jill's like, oh, really? Okay, well, I think maybe it's time to, to do this. Um, meanwhile, yeah. Brad and Randy try to interject and... Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's basically it. I mean, they, they decide they're going to move forward on this rental property. Yeah, which is when they first said, oh, this rental property we've been talking about. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that rental property up at the lake we were talking about in the <laughs> first the episode lake. of yeah, the right. season. And I... It, it, the it, other pilot. <laughs> yeah, it took me... It took me until... <laughs> This show constantly is trying to reinvent itself, and ABC just slaps it down. No, keep doing the same thing. Um, I really, uh, yeah. So for for until the next scene, basically until it was like when Alice, no, even past the next scene, when Al in the next scene is talking about, oh, I want to live there, I want to live there. I'm thinking like, well, well but you want to live by the lake, hours away from Royal Oak? That doesn't make sense. I didn't realize until they said it that it's in the same neighborhood. Um. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I like about this scene um, <laughs> is uh, Tim makes fun of uh, Brad and Randy's shirts, obviously. Then Tim and Jill leave to go take a look at the neighborhood and the house, uh, something that I'm going to be very familiar with doing myself <laughs> soon. Um, and then Mark comes down and just kind of like does a double take <laughs> looking between Mark, uh, Randy and Brad. And he's like, man... <laughs> If I have to wear a shirt like that to get a girlfriend, I don't want a girlfriend. I well, I feel okay. I have a different line for Mark because I he does say that at one oh. point in the episode. But Mark walks in, sees them, sits for a long second, shaking his head, and just goes, "If that's the school uniform, I am not oh, going school. to high school." School uniform, yeah, okay. No, but that is that does come down later. Like Mark gets some really good burns in in this episode. Yeah. Yes. Um. Anyway, we get a uh, transition to tool time on location. Yes. Uh, so on location at the rental house. And this is, uh, again, already with great Al content, Al is already <laughs> upset that Tim is using tool time to get free renovations on a property that is going to profit him. He is calling out things that I'm always upset about. Um, but anyway, it's tool time on location. Yet, yet L was doing it on tool time when he was, uh, first owner on, um, or part owner of Harry's hardware. Okay. I, I suppose that that's true, but also Tim has done this like five times and Al has done it once. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, but so anyway, they are doing tool time on location, renovating this old house, not Bob Vila's old house. And, uh, <laughs> they split up and take different rooms and, uh, Al is... 
I don't know, maybe he's lamenting the fact that uh, Tim is yep, yep. getting richer by the moment. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, I'm I'm only paying you in. <laughs> Wait, uh, it's Christmas time? Yeah, yes. I but I'm I'm only paying you in uh, uh, reindeer feed. So <laughs> d- don't plan too much of your. Like I hope you're not using that as an asset for your home loan because it's <laughs> it, it takes a lot of reindeer feed to to get up to yeah. uh, property ownership levels. Uh, but so Tim is uh, repeatedly showing off, you know, he'll open a cupboard and he's posted up a sign in there saying, rent the tool man's house, this number, and Al is upset by that. Uh, but once the taping is concluded, Al tells Tim that he really, uh, really would love to rent this house and finally get out of his shitty bachelor pad apartment. And mm-hmm. Tim is very reluctant, but then ultimately agrees, and uh, Al is overjoyed by that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like that they're doing a couple tool time on locations. I'm wondering if, um, since we've had two in a, was it two in a row or at least, uh, was it last week that we had the one with Felix or was it two weeks ago? I don't remember. It was, but. it was two weeks ago. Yeah, that was two weeks ago that we had Felix in the bathroom with the the pressure. I'm wondering if they are gearing up for a new man's thing. Oh God, do you think they'd really do that at this point? I mean, what, how? I think they've run out of things to masculinize at oh, this point, dude. Don't you're you're veering into dangerous territory of underestimating how much the show can man size things. I, okay, I, I suppose that's true, but like, what what is it going to be at this point? Like the man's breast pump, the man's women's bathroom. Like, like what what is left? Uh, well, I they haven't done a garage yet. They haven't done a basement. Well. I mean, they did a tool time on location in a basement, but they haven't, like, done the man's basement. Um, okay, yeah, I guess the man's basement. They haven't done, like, the man's Parisian drawing room. Uh, <laughs> they haven't done the man's conservatory, uh, the man's ballroom. I'm just, I'm really just going off of the clue board at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I had a couple notes about yeah. what was happening here. Yes. One, uh, let's just acknowledge Tim has gone full Jay Leno. Yep. <laughs> wait, denim let's shirt, not... denim pants. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I just said yep to that, and then I thought, wait, I'm not sure what you mean by the fact that he's gone full Jay Leno, because he's already pretty close. He's a guy with a TV show who's very enthusiastic about cars. I feel like he's been riding right. that lightning for a long time. Okay, but he's got a Canadian <laughs> tuxedo going. That is that is full Jay. Uh, okay, the, the more important thing that I notice uh, in this, and I think you might have as well, maybe, I don't know, um... Someone is scoping out a heist. Really? <laughs> I maybe I didn't there's notice just, this. There's just a after tool time has wrapped, uh they're not even recording anymore. There's just a suspicious woman or or what looks like someone in a woman's wig walking through the background in a full painter's uniform. Whoa. Okay. Now I I'm I didn't see that mainly because I'm not paying that close attention to the backgrounds I guess but wouldn't it be fucked up if only you saw that in your version of it and no one else saw it in theirs and that's like a whole oh my God, horror ghost movie con- yeah exactly <laughs> the ghost painter when an ordinary uh, home yeah. improvement podcaster sees a mysterious figure in the background of one episode of a show he that, unlocks a portal to hell uh that would be terrifying um, yeah. It would be spectacular. I, I don't. It's kind of a twenty twenty first century Lovecraftian thing. Like, is this going to lead me to madness? Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I think the show's you... already led you to madness. Is he going to lead well, you back from madness? <laughs> True. <laughs> Can you be led back from madness? <laughs> Lovecraft never got that far. Yes. Um, it's too indescribable for him. 
I like the I like the idea that that you know that that was the intent of the people who blocked out the scene. They just they wanted to put a little something extra in there, a little a little secret to to kind of add some more juice. The same way that like they make sure that the nomad looks dirty enough and other things like that. It's like <laughs> we're gonna tell an extra story that that isn't in the script. That's just about a, a you know a team of professional burglars casing the joint because they know that this house just changed hands. <laughs> Well, yeah. So I know, but I did. I did not notice the. Uh, I did not notice that there was a a robbery in the offing. But that's uh, that's pretty. Yeah. She has a little bundle under her arm too. I like. There, there's something going on. With, I mean, she's dressed as like a painter. Like no one dresses like a painter. You yes. Know, like when you're painting, you've got like you, you look like Al Borland, right? And yeah. And you've just got maybe some some stray paint in your beard. Yeah. This is like she has a white cap on with like a white painter's smock, you know, button up with white painter's smocky pants and white shoes just crossing through the background uh, carrying s- some sort of su- suspicious bundle. Um, you I know, know I, I do think she's, she's like scoping the place for – uh structural like okay how many guards are there <laughs> what exits are not you know secure yeah uh, what's she, the best time of day to to get through here this is just a level in hitman 3 yeah she's just trying to infiltrate the perimeter um yeah. alternately this is a serial killer who has been using the vacant house oh. as kind of a base of operations to dismember bodies and has shown up with a dead body he's like shit 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 and that would be a really great episode of Dexter where where it's like, oh, no, my stash house is being used as a, a you know, a on location tool time episode. I'm, I'm also uh, into that idea. Um, um, so, something that I that I like from this scene is that yeah. the uh, in the middle of them taping, Jill just walks into the house with a right. shower curtain and a bunch of other stuff. And they're and. The reaction from Tim and Al, professional broadcasters, just like, oh, hi, Jill. Hey, everybody. This is my wife. And Jill's like, what are you taping? I don't have makeup on. And she throws the, the shower curtain over her face. I, I just love how loosey-goosey it, a, uh, it is. Yeah, it, it was a callback, I think, to season two when the same thing happened. Oh, my God. Was it Bubble, Bubble, Toil, and Trouble? It was Bubble, Bubble, it Toil, and Trouble. It's <laughs> like they open and she's got the box of tampons or something, and she just yeah, like, runs out of Yeah, that's season one, baby. Oh, wow. man. Oof. This episode had some callback action going in it. I felt like they were referencing stuff that we'd seen before. Uh, I believe you're right. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, otherwise, though, it's just a lot of them kind of, like, walking around. Tim lifts up the carpet, and it's got, rent the tool man's house underneath. Or, like, he opens a cupboard, rent the tool man's house. Um, and then it's... Well, I, I, I gotta give him props for uh, how much promotion he's... Uh, effort he's putting into promotion yeah no absolutely i mean this was before craigslist i don't know how people rented houses back then i guess they had their tool shows uh do free promotion for him exactly um i also i i also so you know when al says that he wants to live there and jill hears it Mm -hmm. and jill is encouraging tim and tim is initially saying i don't want al living around the corner from me i gotta admit that's not like that's not a bad thing to not want your friend to live right around the corner from you, especially when he's mm. someone like Al who has mm-hmm. a demonstrated tendency to be a little bit clingy. Like, you know, yeah. I, I get wanting to have that buffer. Not that I still don't wish that you lived in the apartment above mine and we could just like hang out all the time. I mean, that's still the dream that I want. And I am still planning to move into your basement when you buy the but house. It's, it's, 
I hear what you're saying, though. On some level, it is better as a dream than a reality. Yes. Because uh, you got to have those those uncomfortable conversations about boundaries and and you know practicalities, realisms. You know. Yeah. Uh, what What does this actually look like? Yeah, it would be nice to just walk down and hang out, but you know, I don't want you Kramering <laughs> every time you have a harebrained scheme. Yeah, yeah. Like, best case scenario, it's a King of the Hill thing where you just drink beer together in the alley. Worst case scenario, it's a Seinfeld right. thing where he is barging into your house at all hours. <laughs> I don't know why Jerry put up with it. He was such a stickler for so many other things. Why Why have an open door policy with Kramer? I don't know why Jerry lives in New York City in the 90s and is not <laughs> locking his door. I mean, crime rates were pretty <laughs> rowdy back then. That's true, but he is at the end of the hallway, uh, and, well, I don't know. I mean, Kramer was attracting some suspicious characters. Yeah, so you've got Newman prowling around and all of Kramer's weird (laughs) friends, and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to lock the door with this parade of totally normal dudes coming in and out of the apartment across the hall. Oddly, Newman always knocked. (laughs) True, true. That's the one civilized thing about Newman. I... Man, are we becoming a Seinfeld podcast now, too? We've, no, we've no, abandoned Frasier and Cheers? on that. Okay, okay. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, we go to the next scene. Uh, we get a no pets transition back home where uh, same shirt troubles continue. Uh, they're going to go bowling, I think it was. <laughs> Day two movies. of the same shirt crisis. <laughs> <laughs> they are double dating, actually. Uh, yes. Uh, Brad and Samantha, who we met last week, mm-hmm. are going on a double date with Randy and Lauren. And they both go down for the date, finding that they're both wearing the same ridiculous shirt that I'm sure I own something very similar to. (laughs) It looks like a shirt that a waiter at a um, Johnny Rockets type 50s throwback (laughs) establishment would wear. Like so, like a person where like you put on that shirt and you immediately have a 50% chance of starting every conversation with the words, hey, (laughs) daddy-o. You are... You're correct. Yes, I, um, I. I'm just again. I. I just. I just. I could smell the pomade the second I saw that shirt. Um, <laughs> but yes. So it's it. But there. There is this dispute because they're both wearing the same shirt, and it's date yep. night. But they have a shirt. Uh, I guess they have a shirt calendar or some agreement that that you know. Oh, this is Randy's day to wear the shirt. But now Samantha likes the shirt. So. <laughs> I know. I, now Truman. I would say their problem is that they don't have a calendar, which is why they didn't know whose day it was to wear the shirt. Oh, no, we're talking about calendars. Wait. <laughs> you Wait. brought it up. You, I know I you. brought it up. Okay, you know what, Landon? You have to put some arbitrary amount of money in some jar that belongs to me. How about that? How does it feel well, now? <laughs> but you're the one who said it. I, I don't know, but you like it. So, I get like, it sucks <laughs> when someone else makes up the, the jar rules. I shouldn't have to put money in a jar for saying lamenting, but you decided that was a problem. Um, so, uh, and then during this scene... Uh, uh, well, Jill, yeah, Jill suggests doing a coin flip to figure out who gets yeah. the shirt, and uh, then Tim comes she, home. She borrows it from Mark, which yes. I want to just circle back to in a minute. Well, we will circle back to that. Uh, and then uh, uh, Tim comes home with an 18-page lease that he wants Al to sign, and there's a lot of uh, talk about uh, how stringent and wild this very long lease is and how he expects all of these uh, <laughs> character references from Al and credit history and fingerprints and all these other things. Uh, yeah. In fact, I got the sense that Al already signed it. Um, 
Yeah. Maybe not, because I think he goes back in a minute with a, an addendum, but yes. um, he's at least done the the references and research on, on Al's background <laughs> Yeah, uh, for this. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. So my main notes for this scene <laughs> were mo- mostly the least important part of the scene, which was... It, which, on, the- on brand, brand is strong. <laughs> I know, I know. It's uh, between Jill and Mark, and because when she goes to flip the coin uh, for Brad and Randy, who's going to wear the shirt, uh, she goes to Mark. She's like, "Mark, do you have a coin?" And he pulls a quarter out of his pocket and gives it to her. And he's like, "Now, before I give this to you, I'm going to need this back." <laughs> and Jill doesn't quite know how to respond to this. She's like, "Okay," and then she goes through the the process. And then Brad and Randy, you know, it turns out. Brad has to take the shirt back, and Randy gets to wear it. They walk off. Uh, dispute settled, and uh, Jill's going to go back to her paper. <laughs> as soon as she turns around, Mark is standing right in front of her face with his hand up. He's like, aren't you forgetting something? <laughs> <laughs> like, real big Night to Dismember vibes. Uh, and Jill does something that just it cracked me up so much. It was very like, weird. Like, good weird, but weird. The, Perfect. This episode has a lot of really great comic timing because they just stand there staring at each other for a second before she like scrunches up her face and pinches his cheek and says, "Yes, I love you." <laughs> and then and then reluctantly gives him back the quarter. I I love that they just for this one scene build in this notion of. Mark is stingy about his quarters, and then Jill doesn't want to give the quarter back initially and is trying to yeah. <laughs> weasel out of it. Oh, man. I, I like, funny. I don't know, I, I really like that they are giving, like, the, now that Mark is quote-unquote the weird one, that they are now just giving him weird jokes and weird bits and a kind of <laughs> his own weird sassiness. See, I'm just, it sucks that it had to take so long because we could have been benefiting from this for seasons now. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, because Randy was the funny one, and now Randy is the yeah. sexy one who's a liberal, <laughs> and that's his piece, so now Mark has to become the funny one. Uh, comedy abhors a vacuum. I that's that is I have always I have always said that that is why our night's episode about our robotic floor vacuums was really not funny, and we apologize to all of you. Comedy hated it. <laughs> Listeners hate it. Everyone hates it. Uh, this this scene also in talking about Al's credit check, Tim mentions yeah. that he's learned that in 1987 Al bounced an eight dollar check at Cheese World. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's, oh man, that's, I, I, there is so much humor in that to me. Like I, I'm someone who patronizes cheese shops. I love it. But the thought of writing a check for cheese is really good. For $8 worth of cheese. Now, now, but okay. In 1987, $8 bought you more cheese than it does now. (laughs) Fair point. Fair point. And we liked it. (laughs) So we, we get a box, a moving box transition to, uh, Al's new home, the rental property, and mm. Al is unpacking by himself. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> You're right next Set door. Set your landlord stuff aside for a second and help a friend move. Uh, okay, okay. Wait. 
the whole conflict of this episode is Tim won't set his landlord shit aside for a second. I, I mean, I agree. It sucks <laughs> that Al's Wilson? doing this alone. Okay, where's Wilson? Where's, where's Harry? Where's uh, yeah. Benny, for that matter, just to mooch off the pizza and the jerky? Fuck them all. Yeah, fuck them all, I say. Yeah, if it was F, Mary kill, it would just be F, all of them, the entire cast. <laughs> uh... Horny Jail is calling your name. So Tim comes in uh, and he has, I, I don't know if it's the agreement he needs him to sign or just the addendum, but he's written an addendum for Al to sign to the 18-page <laughs> rental agreement saying, uh, thou shalt not have gravy in the bedroom. Yes. And <laughs> Al's like, what? Um, okay, listen, this is getting a little bit far. And, okay, and Tim's like, well, it's just, you know, to protect the both of us. And Al's like, okay, well, if that's the case, then uh, this uh, window is a little sticky and this door hinge is a little uh, wobbly. So, um, you know, in the lease, it says that you are responsible for all repairs. And they less have a uh, argument about Al being, Tim wants it both ways. Tim's like, I've got a tenant yeah. named Al Borland, who is Detroit's number one handyman. You can fix this shit yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, if that's the way you want it, I charge $200 an hour. Oh, so uh, <laughs> you can and, hire me to do them. Yeah. And yeah. And it's, it says here in this subsection of the lease that it, you know, I can hire my own handyman and deduct it from rent. So I'll just fix yeah. these things myself and not pay rent. <laughs> I, um, yeah. It, this, this was a, this was a very energizing scene i would compare this to in the movie punch drunk love when uh adam sandler beats up like three dudes in (laughs) in like one second and then just calmly hands the crowbar back to the fourth dude and implicitly instructs him to go back and tell the people who sent him what he just did like i felt that kind of triumph watching al completely twist the knife and tim recognize like oh shit all the stuff i put in the lease is working against me now Oh, oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, it, it just so it, it kind of continues with the Tim's kind of far away stare of realizing, uh, you know, he's been burnt by his own fire, and Al kind of putting his arm around him, going, "It'll all be good, buddy." And <laughs> thus begins a montage of Al just looking over Tim's shoulder, not only as a tenant but also as a uh you know handyman <laughs> criticizing how tim is fixing things yeah um it's really funny we get a lot of scene slide transitions uh from one moment to the next uh al uh, tim is reaching for uh, an oil can while al is sitting in a chair not even he's doing nothing he, but watching just... tim reach <laughs> for the oil can <laughs> that is what i loved best he could the only way he could be less helpful is if he was moving the oil can further away from tim <laughs> He's sitting in a rocking chair, too. Yes. Uh, and he's uh, like, well, according to the rental agreement, I'm not allowed to do that. So that, that, uh, you, it's all on you. He's got a clipboard. He's like, sorry, landlord, no can do. According to Public Act 27 of 1917, that's not the tenant's responsibility. Uh, my we notes here get, are just boom over and over again. Oh, wait, oh, wait, no. A, I, I'm sorry to keep yeah. cutting you off. Sorry, like, that, that's not the tenant's responsibility. Tim goes, then what is the tenant's responsibility? And Al goes, I believe it's to pay rent and not eat gravy in the bedroom. <laughs> oh, just, just we, perfect. Then we get a gravy boat transition to the next thing that needs fixing, which is the doorknobs. And uh, Tim is, uh, you know, doing a screwdriver while Al is eating an apple over his shoulder. And... Uh, he criticizes Tim for taking too long. 
the line that Al has is great, but oh. what what transvisor? <laughs> well, no, the the line is. Our, Tim says, are you going to eat that apple the whole time I'm fixing this doorknob? And Al goes, no, at the rate right. you're going, I'll be able to fit in two pears and a plum. <laughs> I, lo- I love how much I love how much uh, roughage Al gets in his diet. That's really good. <laughs> and wordplay. Yeah. I really liked uh, the alliteration there. I don't mm-hmm. know. Pears and, two pears and a plum is about the best fruit combination for comedy that you can come up with. Yeah, for, for taste, there might be better options, but for comedy, you, you can't do much better. That is the cellar door of, uh, of uh, comedy fruit pairings. <laughs> uh, anyway, they uh, the scene kind of extends after this, and uh, Tim starts talking about, well, you know, uh, one thing I do have uh, in the lease is the right to evict any tenant. And so that starts getting thrown on the table, and Al's like, you're not going to evict me. And Tim's like, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Why don't you try me? Uh, and I think lawsuit is is thrown around for a second, and um, yes. they leave with a big wedge between the two of them. Yes. This is this is the scene where, where you know, Al is asking Tim to look at something in the chimney, and Tim says Al could do it himself. And Al says, yeah, I'll charge yeah. 200 an hour for that. And... Tim indignantly says, you'd charge me for this. And Al pulls out the lease and goes, I'm just exercising my tenants rights. And oh, my. <laughs> again, I, I, I'm just bludgeoning the horse of like this episode was so cathartic to me. But to wave yeah. a lease in your landlord's face and yell tenants rights at him. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, take me now, God. Um, It's. I, I do love that Al uh, or that Tim is a landlord for uh, twenty four to thirty six hours, and he gets to the point of trying to evict his his tenant. Like it, it takes so little time for Tim to prove that he is not yeah. well equipped for this job. I would not want Tim Taylor as a landlord. No, I would not. I really wouldn't want Tim. I wouldn't want Tim Taylor as a mechanic. I wouldn't want Tim Taylor <laughs> living in my town. I wouldn't want to be able to turn on the TV and see his show. <laughs> You might go to the mall where he's doing a public appearance, <laughs> yeah. and your life would be in danger. I, I might have just a random reindeer fly out of somewhere and hit my car because uh, his his lighting display has gotten out of hand. <laughs> Let's not even talk about barbecues. No, no, God. I mean, well, I'm still at risk of barbecues, even if I'm on the other side of the country from where Tim Allen or Tim Taylor lives. I'm in the same I'm in the same neighborhood as Tim Allen, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, after this montage back home, Jill is outraged and lament. Oh, actually, wait. I'm sorry. I just charged ahead. Oh. Did you have anything about the? Did you have anything about the 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 montage that I'm that I'm buffaloing past? No. Um. The two pairs and a plum was my favorite line. Uh. I do have some stuff about the decor, but yeah. I'm gonna get into that in the next scene. Actually. Okay. So back home, Jill is uh, lamenting the fact that Tim is trying to evict Al. That's a slot machine noise that I really half-assed because it's been so long since I've been in a casino. Not that that's a bad thing, really. Uh, Jill points out that Tim put all kinds of unethical stuff in the lease, and it's really just fair play. Uh, and Jill is saying, you know, Jill is basically feeling sorry for Al and uh, yeah. and. Tim is saying that no, everyone should feel sorry for Tim because of uh, how how much Al is using him and hurting him, and you know, and Tim is just talking about how they're going to fight this thing in court. And uh, Jill asks how their work relationship will suffer because of this, and Tim doesn't care because he'd rather not have to do work for Al. So Jill goes over <laughs> to go see Al, and Tim tries to take a nap, Dagwood style, facing the couch cushions. I okay. Now hold on. 
Hold I'm holding. <laughs> I've got two things to bring up. One is related and one is unrelated. So I guess let's do the related one first. Yes. Sounds like a good plan. Isn't Jill co-owner? You know, that's a very good point. That's a very good wouldn't, point. Wouldn't she be co-landlord? I mean, I guess it that stands to reason. Like, unless there's special paperwork that just says that Tim is in charge of actually managing the property and Jill is like a silent partner. Uh, I mean, they certainly set this episode up, and he even refers to her on the Tool Time location uh, scene as, this is my business partner. True, true. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, actually, it seems like Jill would have some some say in this situation. Maybe she, like, maybe she is co-landlord, but like clearly sees this is going to be a lot of work and has school and other stuff to do. And it's like I I can't get in the middle of my husband and his friend and and coworker uh, fucking each other over with lease paperwork. I have a midterm or something. <laughs> could be, could be. I'm just gonna let oh, this gosh. work itself out. <laughs> um. Okay, here's the other one, and uh, I can already hear you and our listeners rolling their eyes. Okay, I'm, I'm doing my, my eye exercises now, so don't strain anything. We've seen in this season multiple appearances of Seanzilla. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Is Where that is he now? Correct? That, that is, we have seen him a couple times, that is correct. We have seen yeah. some Zills. He's not here. Mm-hmm. I'm I have there's a shot where Tim goes on the couch as you said and Jill walks over and we get a full clear shot more than we've seen on the show often of the entire fireplace. Mm-hmm. And there's not a single Shanzilla to be seen. So what I'm wondering if you're looking at the pattern here is he appears and disappears. Yeah. Which means that when he appears it has to be with intent and when he disappears why? brings the question as to why who's taking him away and for what reason i think that if we take the shanzilla has agency route and that shanzilla is going places on his own godzilla traditionally is no big fan of uh housing he destroys lots of buildings he doesn't like it when human beings live indoors uh is 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 Godzilla the ultimate nimby? Uh I kind of think so. But so maybe the reason he's not around is cuz he knows that this episode is all about uh, a person living in a house and he's like, hey, "If I can't destroy it, I don't want to be a part of this. I'm going to take 5. I'm going to go destroy a very small version of Tokyo in someone's model train set." <laughs> okay, I mean, I'll buy that as the fictional theory route. Yeah. Um what what do we do about the real world conspiracy of the set designers and prop handlers uh putting or not putting Godzilla in their frame i mean they're doing it with intention so what are they trying to tell us i mean are they trying to tell us i, I don't know maybe it's some kind of maybe it's some kind of elaborate code like maybe it's like if you if you graph out all the episodes that do or do not have Shanzilla in them it makes some kind of a mm. morse code thing like dot dot dash dot 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 dash 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 dot dash and oh, when you when wow. you when you graph the whole thing out and figure it out and spell out the code it just says i break for hot pants and you've completely <laughs> you just completely <laughs> wasted your life solving a da vinci code esque mystery that these people put together over Was the course it- of 8 years <laughs> Wasn't that uh, 
the level of detail they did on like Silicon Valley, the the TV show where they had a conference with like a huge screen of binary code behind them and it actually translated to something. I mean, yeah, they wouldn't shock me that Silicon Valley did that. It's no different than like, I don't know, Futurama having coded alien languages in the background and like, and like the (laughs) the fans trying to decode them over the course of the season and inventing new math for episodes to work out. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm not, I, I, I would not, I would not be surprised at all if that's the case. So if other shows are, secretly putting messages into their stews i mean that obviously home improvement the most sophisticated and forward-looking tv series of the 90s which was a statement that i would have been making in jest for most of the duration of this show but as as we've gone through the transitions at this point it's it's really kind of picked up to the point that it is actually i think one of the better shows on tv at this at this point in time Uh, yeah, so maybe maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe that's, you know, Shanzilla's presence and absence is part of a greater message that we ourselves cannot see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, l- look, mm-hmm. it's like it's like the Coen Brothers movie, A Serious Man, which to, to my reading just suggests that God is real and God is trying to communicate with us, but we his messages are completely indecipherable and we don't know what he wants and we just have to be upset about that. <laughs> I think that's where Shanzilla is taking us. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, we have a season and a half to to see what final messages uh, Godzilla, Seanzilla brings us. Um, so we'll get there. Yeah. Um, anything else for this scene? Okay. Yeah. One other thing from this scene. Tim says that he's going to fight this uh, fight. You know, this court case all the way to the Supreme Court. And Jill says, "You won't stand a chance." Sandra Day O'Connor is gonna love Al. And. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know what? I just, I, I just, I don't know. I think it's funny when Home Improvement talks about Supreme Court justices. I, th- and I, and like now it's, now it's canon. Sandra Day O'Connor is uh, big on Al Borland. Let me look up some of her other, you know, you, you keep going. I'm going to look up some of her judicial rulings and see if uh, there's anything in there that indicates a preference for flannel. If ever Taylor versus Borland showed up. Uh, you know, she would, she would, uh, uh, throw out all of the uh, all of the ballots voting for uh, Tim and and go in favor of uh, go in favor of Al. <laughs> uh, well, after Jill leaves, Tim gets up because uh, he hears some banging outside, and uh, who's that banging on their icicles? Of course, it's Wilson. Of course, uh, and what's he banging with? A gigantic battle axe. Because why not? Um, yeah, I love that the battle axe. They reveal it, and it doesn't even get a laugh. People, exp- no. it's a really good bit because at first it just looks like a stick, and then he pulls it down. And there's a huge axe head on it, and and the, well, and it's covering his face. That's the the you know they're they're kind of doing two jokes at once. It's like, hey, Wilson has an axe. Of course he has an axe, but also the axe is covering his face because that's the thing we do with Wilson. Multiple layers to the Wilson jokes. Uh, so uh, yeah. anyway, yeah. yeah, Tim Tim kind of tells Al, uh, Wilson about Oof. Al uh, the Al situation, and uh, Wilson's like, "Well, maybe you're being a dick, dude. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe 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 you shouldn't have written up an 18 page lease. Yes, you ever think about that? Tim had not thought about that. <laughs> he did not. Uh, Wilson kind of turns him around, and Tim's like, "You're right. I should probably go talk to Al. Yes." So I'm skipping over a lot of details. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's that's we're, we're fast jamming it, so we can slow jam it. Uh, yeah. I, the first thing I want to say is that Al, uh, or not Al. Oh man, jam. you did it. Now, now I'm doing it. Wilson gives a piece of what I think is actually extremely bad advice at one point here, where when Tim is talking about everything that's going on with Al and and why it's a problem, Wilson says 
well, if I was living in your house, do you make me sign a lease? And Tim is kind of waffling like, no. And the, the point Wilson seems to be making is Al's your friend. You shouldn't have Al sign a lease to live in the house you own. And I'm like, no, you absolutely should have him sign a lease, just not an 18-page lease. It's going to be, right. like, it's bad for the friendship to have your friend sign too long of a lease. It's also bad for the friendship for him to sign no lease in a different way. The middle ground right. is sign a simple lease. I don't know I don't know why Wilson, like, that. the issue isn't leasing. The issue is the number of provisions in the lease. Uh, also, um... I would say between Al and Wilson, I would absolutely have Wilson sign a lease over Tim because who the fuck knows what Wilson's doing in there? Wilson owns at least one parrot and is going to have like puffer fish innards (laughs) and stuff in the refrigerator. You know, Lord knows what kind of like weird parasites are nested in the old Borneo (laughs) artifacts that he's bringing back from the jungle and putting in the rec room. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um yeah, so I don't know. So that that was that was the thing that jumped out at me and uh and I don't know. Well and then also we do get a I mean there's a reference to a much older episode in this uh in in this scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, is that do you want to talk about that? I don't want to deprive no, you, you of can, talking about that. <laughs> no, you you go ahead cuz uh I well I got really excited about it uh because it was grunts. <laughs> True. Yes, you did. And uh, and uh, I noticed them, and yes. I even was able to accurately count them. Ooh. So I'm confident in my grunt count guess this week. That's that is a that is a miracle. That is a blessing. So it, their, their discussion ends, you know, is winding down to Wilson explaining that a friend in power is a friend lost, which is a quote from somebody. And don't create a weird power dynamic in your friendship. And. Yep. Tim is talking about how, you know, Tim is doing some reflecting, and he says that, well, when he tries something new, he likes to go for it full bore, and he relates to the time he brought (laughs) home the new riding lawnmower and souped it up in the backyard, and uh, Wilson goes, yes, you like to add more power, and Tim starts grunting about that, and that's a whole thing we'll discuss later. Uh, (laughs) But so, A, yeah, it's a reference to him bringing home the lawnmower and souping it up, one of the earliest bits on the show I, I love that callback, and then I also love that I just that the show is the show has done this before where it kind of like introduces Tim being into a new thing and says, "Hey guys, here's the way that Tim adds more power to this like when that one episode <laughs> where Tim is the audiophile and he soups right. up his stereo so much that like the the note breaks all the glass in the house it's like Look, that's how Tim would add more power to this thing. This is how Tim would add more power to a bathroom or a kitchen. Yeah. So now it's like the show has been on long enough. We've gotten to here's how Tim would add more power to a residential property lease agreement. Like if if the show stayed on, it's like here's how Tim would add more power to search engine optimization. Here's how Tim would add more power to Facebook's poke function. I mean, I'm not entirely sure they didn't go there with Last Man Standing. Uh, he Possibly. was on the internet a lot. I know that much. That's that. That's where he went wrong. Putting Tim on the internet is like you know letting Skynet take control of the nuclear missiles. <laughs> uh, okay, so before we leave the scene, what does Tim say about Al's uh, history at the cheese factory? Okay, well, so he. 
So he said earlier that he he bounced the check at Cheese World, and then yes. says that now is like Wilson has asked him, well, what are you getting out of all this? What are you gaining? He says, well, I've I've potentially lost a friend, and all I've gained is that the folks at Cheese World carved my head out of cheese. <laughs> I I don't know why investigating about a eight dollar bounced check ten years ago is going to get you a cheese carving of your head. I don't understand the per, like how you get from point A to point B in that situation. I th- well, at the risk of, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not even gonna go there. I was gonna go into some some voodoo doll stuff, but uh, maybe it's not a, a thing of honor. Maybe it's a uh, uh, this a is first doll sort of situation. Yeah, th- this is not a place of honor. It's like where you bury the nuclear waste. There's big spikes coming out of the ground around that joke. We should just just <laughs> yep. go the other way. There is no great deed commemorated <laughs> here. There is no great humor. Well, no, um, but. There is terror as Tim turns into a pile of cheese. Oh, man. And a rat jumps out of frame and goes for his jugular. I I, I want your real-world reaction. I just texted you. Uh, yes, I... Okay, I saw that text come in, but I didn't look at it yet because I assumed it was the one you tried. Uh, <laughs> I mean, seeing it in real time was one thing. Now, looking at this... Tim, where it's like a, it is the lower portion of him is a block of Swiss, and then yeah. the head is a. Is it Swiss though? It's it's definitely like, an orange. Yeah, it's cheese, it's so orange, but it's why. got holes in it like Swiss wood. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. but the Tim's head carved in it. I my first thought looking at it and the kind of pseudo texture to it that has just been <laughs> mapped onto a yeah. face shaped graphic. It really puts me in mind of GoldenEye sixty four. Like I've definitely. <laughs> Like, I've definitely <laughs> shot this guy with a KF-7 Soviet in the bunker, and he's gone like, oh, and, and, and like fallen over clutching his crotch the way that some of those death animations would go. I, I don't know. I'm, that's the first, that's the first one I'm getting. It is, yeah. this might be the most art out of all the transitions we've gotten. Like, I would be more likely to hang this on my wall than I think any other transition we've seen. Well, you know what's kind of odd about, I'm just, okay, so like, I'm I'm doing like you ever there's a, a short film from Carl Sagan who like goes super uh like he does a microscopic thing like okay now if we push in mm-hmm. uh by two points and then da 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 and then it goes like super micro into the ground and then mm-hmm. does the same thing going the opposite direction. Yeah, out into space. I've seen that, yeah. Out yeah. So I kind of just did that with my environment here. And I'm looking at Tim as like the the micro. Mm-hmm. But then I, I do one macro bigger. And I see that Tim, as cheese, <laughs> as this golden cheese, is looking downward off of my screen at a golden head of Jean-Luc Picard. Oh, the, well, then I got you. Yeah, it's his little yeah, friend. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> and Jean-Luc Picard, this golden bust, is staring directly at me, and I've got my um, colored lights on to a golden hue. <laughs> Oh my god! So, right the second there are three golden heads staring at one another in a <laughs> good, bad, and the ugly standoff. <laughs> There's just very intense music playing as you're all shifting from one to the next, and that that song is called "Glory of Gold." So maybe maybe the gold that they're looking for Ecstasy that whole movie is gold. cheese, ecstasy of gold. I'm sorry, uh, but yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, cheese is what they're after at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's better than what some of them get 
Although yeah. they are full of holes. <laughs> but That's yeah. all, folks. You know what you are, Blondie? A real <laughs> hunk of Havarti. <laughs> That's oh Dang my it. god. Um, yep. <laughs> we go to uh, the rental property a little bit later. Yep. Al uh, gets a knock on the door. Not a ding dong. A knock. No. Nope. Nope. Uh, it's Jill. <laughs> Jill's there holding uh, a gift. And uh, Al's hesitant to let her in, but she finally does. She starts uh, saying, well, I brought you this house plan as a housewarming gift. He's like, well, I don't know that I'm going to need it because I'm going to be evicted soon. And they start talking about Tim's outrageous uh, lease. And uh, Al starts admitting <laughs> that he hates when Tim, you know, gets him to stoop to his level because he, you know, um, during the home repairs started like, breaking things just to get Tim to continue doing it, which I loved. It's so good. Love it. And Jill's like, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, He can get that way and I can get that way too. I've done that uh, myself where I've uh, squirted some oil underneath the the hot rod uh, and that kept him out of my hair for two or three days so I I could finish a paper. And I think that was, I think that was another reference to something else also, because it's uh, like, what episode was that where she says that he kept bothering her about a bathroom renovation when she was busy with school. She, she squirted motor oil under the Mustang. Isn't that basically <laughs> an episode where like, I guess Bubble Bubble Toil well, in Trouble is a bathroom renovation, but then also there's like the office. She wasn't in school then yet though. Yeah. Um, but there's then the office well, renovation. Well, they never did the office. Yeah, but like. They never I, did that. I guess, okay, well, it felt like, it felt like. It was a reference it to another episode. It, it, it was I a mean, reference to a mix but, of two different concepts. It was on the writer's board for a potential episode, uh, but they never did it. Yes. Thus, it feels like they did. Yes. Uh, okay, but continue. I'm sorry to have stopped you with my slow jamming. Anyway, they, they commiserate uh, how Tim can make them feel sometimes, and um, they uh, the Tim eventually comes in, and Jill was like, Okay, well, uh, I see you guys need to talk and set some boundaries, so I'm going to go. Uh, and Tim and Al kind of work things out, and Tim apologizes, and Al's like, uh, okay, I'll sign your your smaller lease, and we'll make this thing official. Consider a ring. Put it upon. Yes. Put it upon. <laughs> well, I mean, this no, – like, he's he, – Tim's whole thing is like, well, no, there's not going to be a lease. He takes two pieces of paper and rips them up and says there's no lease. And Tim and Al goes, well, thank you, Tim, but that's my life insurance paperwork. (laughs) Um, I got things to say about this scene. Yeah, go for it. You start. You start by saying things. Al and Jill sit Mm -hmm. down to commiserate. Yes. They're both sitting on the edge of their seats, kind of leaning toward each other. Yeah. And they're both... (laughs) They're both... Uh, it's not really played for yucks, even though they're given some yucks. Mm-hmm. It's more like, it, okay, it feels like a romantic comedy. Sure. <laughs> where they are just giving out war stories as they get slightly closer to one another. And I thought they were going to kiss. Yeah. <laughs> there was a moment where I'm like, they are finally realizing they're meant for each other and that Tim sucks. The the only thing better than terrorizing your landlord with endless repairs is stealing his wife. That's cucking him. <laughs> I would God, I mean my I I have no, I don't even know if my landlord is married. I have no idea what his wife's situation is, <laughs> but if I could I I could seduce her just to just to get back at him. Ooh. Should have fixed my shower drain. <laughs> um okay. Next thing. Yes. Uh 
the books Al has on his coffee table. Oh, what books does he have? Oh, wait, they're just the law they books, are, the big thick tomes? The, the law books, encyclopedias, potential dictionaries, like Hebrew to English dictionaries. I mean, they are thick, man. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love that Al is treating this like the, like, I don't know, the Clarence Darrow or something like that. He's, he's you know. <laughs> He's putting together the best the best possible legal arguments. Seriously. I mean, he has enough books on his table to like convince me he's going to law school at, at you know, at night. I mean, there's already a lot of surprises about Al. He was in the Navy. Uh he loves square dancing. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's a simple country lawyer too. Uh it could quite well be. Um okay, one last thing that I have for this scene and I know we just spent a lot of time on me pulling out a detail in mm-hmm. the background of a previous scene. Oh boy. This one I think is pretty important. Yes. In the background, by the front door, there's a bookshelf. Yes. On that bookshelf, there's a picture. In that picture, it's of Al and Eileen on their wedding day. What? Al has not moved on. Oh, honey. Oh, Al. <laughs> oh no. Oh, God, oh man, that's that's rough. Like what? Like how are you supposed to get your life back, Al? You bring a girl home. She's like, wait, who? Who's this? Is this your? Is this your ex-wife? Oh no, we never got married. We mutually agreed at the altar to not get married. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, like that's you keep that. But you're in a still drawer. good friends and hang out all the time, right? <laughs> uh... <laughs> but but it's not no. like it's not like knowing things about uh, about her life throws you into a, a a fit of despair and anguish like if you knew that she was engaged to someone new it's like it would give you major depression right uh <laughs> yeah that's uh, yeah that's a, a questionable home furnishing choice i agree with you um <laughs> but it's there and we got to deal with it it is canon oof uh yeah, that's that's a that's a big deal. I have a background thing. I don't want to cut off your thing though. Do you have more things? Well, hey, listen. This uh, is the nineties. Oh, John Wayne Bobbitt was a thing. Okay, well and we now that's a really funny joke. I don't wanna I don't wanna like <laughs> discount that by talking over it i do want to say i think we made a joke about a a general joke about penis cutting off before when i said cut off your thing but you you (laughs) did better with it on the second go around i think than we did the first time uh good so i what i would just say like there's there's a bit in an earlier scene where there is some like tim is talking about how he's fink he's ran phil's phil's who's phil ran (laughs) al's fingerprints and uh and how oh yeah but he he you know it's either a computer error or he was involved in mail fraud in texas 10 years ago in this scene uh in this scene al just references out of the blue that tim has been having federal marshals hound him over some mail fraud rap and the way he says this and the Mm. audience reaction there is an audible gasp from someone in the audience like (laughs) And we see Richard Karn, for kind of a second, in character, make a face as though, like, oh, shit, I've said too much. So this kind of suggests to me that Al Borland committed mail fraud in Texas many years ago and has kind of, like, buried it or run away from it. And now he's, like, I don't know, Robert wow. De Niro in Heat. I guess we did Al Pacino. Now he's Robert De Niro. He just, like, lives very, you know, he's built a new life for himself. And he's kind of, like, tries right. to keep quiet about it. But he doesn't have anything in his life he can't walk away from in 30 seconds if he feels the heat around the corner. Which maybe is why he mm. broke things off with Eileen. 
I, uh, well, it was mutual. Uh, let's just say that between okay. you and Eileen. Yeah. Uh, but that's not to say she didn't discover it. And that was a big cause in leading her to say, maybe this isn't the life for me. Maybe yeah. I don't want to live on the run with you. Maybe I don't want to be looking out the window at any given second, wondering if that unmarked car across the street is going to take away my husband in handcuffs or a sniper is going to pick him off while he's grilling in the backyard yes. uh, at any given time. Not not, not every woman is like Andy McDowell in Heat, who is seemingly just willing to leave her entire life behind to go off with Robert De Niro as soon as his crimes get out of control. Uh, Andy McDowell's not in heat, but no, 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 no. It's not. No, I'm sorry. No, I know. I don't, I I don't want to get the mail to have to deal with your, uh, Amy Brenneman in heat. The other pretty (laughs) woman with dark hair in the nineties. I meant Amy Brenneman. Uh, okay. So anyway, uh, I just I thought that was I thought that was a funny hint at at Al's dark past. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think they brush past it pretty quickly, but I, I think we also have to take that as canon too. I think there are some like, unaccounted years in Borland's life, um, especially when he was in the Navy in the middle of the country. Yeah, that is that is true. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just like maybe they just said that he was posted there because actually he was with some black ops unit in Granada or something like that. <laughs> Or he wasn't part of the Navy at all, and he was in Texas committing mail fraud. <laughs> yeah, he was just, you know what, uh, he, he went all out for his operation of spoofing welfare checks. <laughs> getting, people's, getting people's meals on wheels when the, when the senior citizen in question has already died. Um, yeah, so uh, that, that, was my big, that was my big note from the, uh, from, well, well, also in the fact that Jill mentioned she once painted chicken pox onto Mark's face to get out of going to a tractor pole. <laughs> uh, which makes me think that Mark had to be in on that as well. Otherwise, uh, she tranquilized him. I mean, Mark was... Oh, Mark, you're not feeling well. I'm so sorry. Oh, I think you've got chicken pox. Are you asleep yet? Okay, let me get the magic marker. I, I mean, Mark was pretty malleable back in the day. Let's all remember. Fair, he would fair. go with whatever flow he was no, a part of. He, Actively liked the opera and the ballet. Let's not forget. True. Okay. True. True. And now he uh, now he prefers the Dark Carnival of Souls. I guess. <laughs> Great movie, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I totally knew I was referencing that. Um, <laughs> uh, we go to um, our stinger <laughs> back at the Taylor house. Uh, Tim and Al have uh, made amends, and he's brought him home for dinner. And um, Jill is uh, beginning. Some stuff, uh, but it starts with uh, Brad coming in saying, "Okay, I fixed this shirt situation. I went and I found one that no one else is going to think to buy. This is my all-time Babe Magnet T-shirt, uh, and it's not a T-shirt; it's a full-on button-up silk shirt. Anyway, he takes his jacket off, and it is bright orange oh. with diamond checkers. Oh my God, it's an eyesore. It's um, real bad." <laughs> Randy makes a joke. Did you pull that off of a dead clown? Yep. Um, Then Tim and Al come in, and Al gets excited seeing Brad's shirt and saying, Hey, I love your shirt. I loved it so much. I got one myself. And he takes his jacket off, and he's also wearing the shirt. And now, Truman. Landon. You've gone on record (laughs) for... Taking this show to task 
for the Wilson's uh, covering his face bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got real mad about that. I have. You have. Um, seeing L in not plaid. Now, I want to already say I know we had a date episode recently where he was in a turtleneck and a blazer. Yeah. And that broke pattern. Yeah. L would not buy this shirt. I. The thing is. You say Al would not buy this shirt. Maybe you also say Al would not move out of his apartment. Maybe you say Al would not. I wouldn't say that. Mutually break up with a woman on the altar. Like I don't know. I I think that I, I would be surprised by that, but I wouldn't say that. I just think. Look, I think that Al is shaking up his life. He's making changes. He's back okay. out on the market dating women. I think that he's like, you know what? I'm gonna buy a new shirt. I'm gonna go out there and. I, and look, even if I cannot be mad about this breaking with the gag. For one reason, one reason only, and that is the shot okay. of Al and how overjoyed he is wearing that shirt. Like, how happy Richard Karn is to be a part of this scene and making this joke. That is the purest joy, the smile on his face standing there in the most ugly shirt you've ever seen. It is, it's a bad fucking shirt. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's really pretty nasty. I, I, that's, I, that's a fair point, though. I also like that when Randy is first describing the shirt, he says it looks like you peeled it off a dead clown. And I love that it's not just, it looks like you pulled it off a clown. The clown was dead. Like, you have to go this extra layer. Like, a living no, clown also would not can't run that. from his past. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I And I know specifically which clown because I killed him. <laughs> uh, but it also put me in mind, I mean, before Randy even made that joke, uh, I... Was I, I couldn't remember the name of Wilson's clown, but I'm like, is that <laughs> the top part of Wilson's clown costume? <laughs> yeah, if, well, it depends on if it's covered in uh, seltzer or not, or CGI <laughs> seltzer. <laughs> CGI seltzer. Oh, oh my God. Oh, Landon has pulled the picture for me. Oh, God. This might become my new backdrop on my computer. It's just so... <laughs> he's so happy about this shirt, guys. He's... Oh... <laughs> Uh, this, this it's like it is honestly like a drug looking at this and not just because of the multicolored hallucination of the shirt <laughs> so, yeah i don't know that's kind of it for our episode we go to some outtakes uh shortly thereafter um my notes for them we basically get two outtakes my notes were tim tears al fucks <laughs> and well, i think i meant to write fucks up but just didn't write the up we all know al fucks i mean it's pretty clear uh what i do like the bloop with al in it because so it's a line from earlier when he's talking to jill and he's talking about the court case and saying i have the sword yeah. of justice on my side want some jerky uh but <laughs> in this case he says i have the sword of justice in my side and then it just cuts to patricia richardson going is it in your side? And then Richard, come back to Richard Karn pointing and saying, yeah, I think it's lodged right here. And it's like, well, good improv, gang. I like that. Uh, yeah, it was a heartwarming moment to, uh, to see it. But, you know, you don't get bloops between uh, Patricia Richardson and Al, uh, Richard Karn very often. So Yeah, because yeah, um, they're professionals. <laughs> so, I don't know. It was, it was good to see them folly a little bit. Yeah, I like to see a little bit of folly between them. Uh, yeah. Um, but a good Truman. episode. Landon. It was a good episode. Uh, but what did we learn from it? You know, what we learned is that, uh, it, living with friends is always gonna be tough. If you're in a situation where you're gonna have a roommate, picking 
a close friend, someone you work with on a regular basis, not a good idea. And that extends to if you own a property and are going to rent it to someone, generally I think best not to rent it to one of your friends. No matter if it's an (laughs) 18-page lease or a one-page lease or no lease, you just... It's just it's just too complicated. It's complicated enough knowing anyone. Every relationship is complicated. Don't add money and lease agreements and uh, state property laws into it. Money between friends is not um, not a place you want to be. I I completely agree with you there. Yes, yes. I uh, you know what I think I think that instead of money, we should just have feelings, and I think that those feelings. <laughs> should be kept track of using the blockchain and you can use feel coins oh, no. oh, in no. place of money. Now folks, I have actually a very exciting investment opportunity for you that I'm going to break open since we've got a little bit of no, time. German. I'm not allowed to. <laughs> I I'm, I'm sorry, am I super They Bowl already took Larry David. Don't uh, <laughs> Well, what did you learn this week, Landon? Oh, God. I am never prepared for the question to be turned back on myself. You know Um, that I'm not creative. You know that I can't just think of a new thing to say. I just repeat back what you say to you so I can sit here and zone out and think about the Hudsucker proxy. Here's what I learned this week. It's important to do your job. Yeah. And to do your job well. So when you are hosting a podcast, make sure you take enough notes to cover the speaking time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that... I would say that I disagree with what you learned this week because regardless of whether there's notes or a plan or anything, we fill up time pretty damn well. So I well, don't true. Yeah, I don't think I think you learned the wrong thing, Landon. I think I think what you learned this week is you need to pay closer attention to what we're learning. That's why I ask you. I asked you to tell me what we learned. Yeah, and I told you why I'm never going to rent a room to you or a house to you, which again, I'm never going to I'm never going to own a house for me to live in, much less you to live in, so it wasn't going to be an issue in the first place. Um Okay, yeah. I think that's a good lesson to learn. That is a good lesson to learn. But yeah, you know, mm-hmm. tenancy is uh, difficult, and sometimes uh, your landlord hires a repairman to come out to your domicile and uh, uh, d- do some spiffing up. <laughs> I, I, I th- you losing steam? What's happening? This there? is this is this is me tra- again, just like reaching for the word, trying to find the word. I mean, I, oh, I think right, that, right. Our yes, secret, the, yeah, secret the word bird game. is the yeah. word. I I think that like the idea is that throughout <laughs> the episode, I'm trying uh-huh. to guess it, but in actuality, what happens is every episode ends with me going on random non sequiturs, saying a bunch of yes. words uncertainly, which I don't think is how the game that was intended to be played. Happens. Uh, no, probably I, not. Uh, much, much like most things in America, it is a system that was designed with one usage in mind, and <laughs> then it has been perverted into something far worse. Uh, but the, the thing is, I try to, I try to organize it at least to give you a chance of, you know, accidentally saying it. I, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't like put the word in harm's way uh, throughout the episode. That's where the suspense comes in. You came real close last week. Like, I was I was close to it, and I, with my dumbness, I did not get there. So, uh, no, but I... I well, we're, 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 we're close this week, too. Yeah, we're close Close-ish. this week, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Casita? Uh, uh, guest house? <laughs> um, now, okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. You... This is maybe the age gap thing. So you weren't of Randy's age and Brad's age uh, when this episode came out. So did you avoid this era of clothes? Like, I'm, it was a very specific, like, early 98 to maybe April 99. 
the second that the Matrix comes out, it goes full golf. Mm. But there's a shining moment right there uh, through 98 to 99, uh, early 99, where it's like 70s clothes are coming back. Tommy Bahama. <laughs> Ed Hardy? <laughs> I, in, in any case, I avoided every era of clothes. I've just worn gift shop t-shirts and jeans my entire life. Um, okay. What uh, would you call that? Mod? I would call it mod style. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, loud shirts? Uh, I don't know. No. Um, mm, uh, swingers shirts. Well, I gave you a chance. You say um, that every, every episode resignedly. Well... I gave you a chance. Like, just to, to be confronted with your, like, to feel like a moron every day. Well, I mean. Sorry. I mean, I, <laughs> welcome, mean it. welcome to life. I mean, I, I guess. <laughs> what is it, Landon? You gave me a million chances. You had it spelled out right in front of me. You were waving semaphore flags around, and I didn't get it. What did I miss? The word this week was chic. Chic. Mm-hmm. Chic. Chic. Yeah, I wasn't going to get Chic. I I, I can tell you right now. I could have gotten an annulment last week, but I didn't. But Chic, that's, yeah. Uh, Okay, I mean, and honestly, to say that they were looking Chic, you would be, I mean, you would, like, someone would say that, but they'd be being kind of saucy or ironic with it to say, oh, looking very (laughs) Chic right now. Right. Yeah, I guess Mm. you don't say, you don't even use the word Chic if you are saying that they don't look Chic. You use another word that's opposite of Chic. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, when I saw those shirts, I wanted to shriek. That's uh, that's my my submitted mark line for this week. For this week. <laughs> oh my god! Um, and then Tim comes in and goes like, "Oh God, your 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 shirt's blinding me, Alan. All I did was take a peek." The, the joke here is that the words all rhyme with each other. Uh, it is, but shriek was a better play on words. Uh, thank you. I, I agree. I should have just quit while I was ahead, but instead I, I had to like go for the mythical fool's gold of a second joke that is, that where the wordplay is worse, but somehow the laugh and response will be bigger. I, to- I totally, and, and after an hour and a half of talking, that's when my best material is going to come out. It's really worth believing in those. <laughs> I'm losing my shit right now. Um, okay, you're losing your sheet right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. There's one more thing to do, and what that thing is is that uh, <gasps> the grunt count. Uh, so, grunt Landon, count. how many grunts in this here episode of Home Improvement? Truman, Landon, we got a classic grunt cluster. We I did. Mean, it was it was like when Nintendo decided to put out its limited edition uh NES uh god I'm forgetting <laughs> this metaphor is falling apart really fast. Yeah. The uh what was their handheld system before the Switch? The Advance. Oh, when yeah. they decided to put out the NES NES version limited edition of the the Game Boy Advance, mm-hmm. where it was like, this is exactly, and because you could play the, the old NES games on it the way that they were meant to be played in your hands, and it was like the perfect little reminder of what grunts used to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. It was a five-grunt cluster, the the prototypical, oh, 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 and uh, it was 
glorious. You are correct. It was a five grunt cluster, and it was glorious, and it's one of the higher grunt counts of the season, and it's all because <laughs> of property lease clauses. That's right, folks. <laughs> Tim grunted more talking about a lease than he did talking about like leading a bunch of auto shop students over to work on a car together. <laughs> Well, I mean, is it a sort of subtle reference at promotion for another property that has to do with clauses? Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. So by. Yeah, it was. That movie was very icy I... because it took place in winter. <laughs> and and Wilson was knocking icicles off of uh, his uh uh-huh. Off of his roof, so that was a <laughs> reference to the thing I just said on the podcast. Uh, all those years later, uh, yeah, you know, it could be like this. Uh, this episode about a lease with lots of clauses, just like forcing people to think about Tim Allen and clause in the same sentence. That's uh, that's some very early kind of subliminal uh, marketing stuff, I think. <laughs> or not. Or um, not. Or not. Or all of this is bullshit. Maybe this isn't even an episode of Home Improvement. Who knows? Maybe maybe not. Maybe this isn't even an episode of Grunt Work. Oh, a shit. Podcast dedicated to the TV show Home Improvement. God, um, we're looping back to the intro. What? <laughs> you thought this was going to be under two hours. Ugh. I don't know what to say. I think we're done with the episode. I, I think this is going to be under two hours. Let's take it home. You know that the <laughs> well, podcast is what, good what... <laughs> when the hosts are marveling at the fact that the podcast is up, when they're almost more thankful to not have to talk to each any each other anymore than you are that you don't have to listen to them anymore. <laughs> Here, Here's what threw me, is that I have a post amble to promote for our live show, but this we're recording before our live show, but this episode's going to come out after our live show. So, yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I really got thrown through a loop there. You, you... So I think what that means is we have to throw in some comments about our reaction to the live show. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to speak first to the families of the victims, and I want to say that from... <laughs> The bottom of my heart, and speaking for everyone here at Gruntwork Productions, um, we thought that we had flame-treated the Discord room. Uh, we yep. had assurances from the fire marshal, and um, obviously we should have double-checked that. So that's, I think, where I want to start. Uh, Landon, uh, I mean, would you like to take the floor? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to thank everyone for bearing with us uh when our own version of the grunt creep uh gained sentience and took over the podcast for about two hours yeah um you know i really respect him trying even though he doesn't have vocal cords and was trying to communicate just with his squeaky hinges um we gave him the stage to speak and he took a mile yeah i, I apologize for the time it took but um you know I- trying to be uh, you know a platform to raise those sorts of voices. Yeah, you know, we and and I think that in in retrospect, we wanted to give voice to unheard uh anthropomorphized sitcom logos <laughs> and I think what we realized from that experience is that we chose the wrong sitcom logo. <laughs> Uh, so just the wrong, wrong sitcom period. Yeah, well, yeah, that that may also be the case. But anyway, next live show we're gonna do the Roseanne <laughs> logo. I'm sure it won't say anything remotely controversial. Um, <laughs> Dear God, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so no, I mean, other than that, yeah, just uh, I guess please don't sue us for everything that that happened uh, that night. But other than that, it was a great show, and I, I was really happy to be able to hang out with everybody. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> um, and if you want access to that show, uh, you had to be there live 
or become a patron over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod where you can listen to that bonus episode now. Uh, if you're just tuning in and haven't heard anything about the show, we covered uh, the pilot episode of Soul Man with Soul Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Lots of flips. Oh, my God. When he dances in that intro, I can't handle it. We're, I can't handle we're, it. We're, we're going to break down. We're going to break down live on camera watching that. Uh, we did. We did that in the past. N- yes, we did. Well, Yes, you're right, Landon. I'm sorry. Kayfabe, still up. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> um. So, yeah, you can do that over there at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod to get, get access to that bonus episode. Um. I guess that's it for this episode. Shall we go into the outro? I think we shall, Landon. Okay, Grunt Work is made possible by our patrons. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create the show, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the fastest, easiest way to support us and really goes a long way to help others find the show. Stop by to say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at gruntworkpod or visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com slash apartments. <laughs> where you can also see other information about today's episode and sign up for a weekly newsletter. Be notified whenever a new episode is released. And until next week, when I bring you another episode, when we bring you another yeah, episode. Yeah, well, what's going to happen we... between now and next week, Landon? What do you have planned for oh, me? Oh, Truman. No, oh, can't. God. <laughs> you you got to sign this 18-page uh, podcasting agreement. Oh, sleeping with one continue. eye open. Oh, boy. <laughs> next week, home improvement. Me, Landon Solano. And I, Truman Caps, plus remember, if you're a renter, you really need to familiarize yourself with landlord-tenant laws in your state so you can keep your security deposit if you have to break your lease under certain circumstances. <laughs>